Chapter Six of Grace Harlowe's Fourth Year at Overton College by Jesse Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: A Face-to-Face -face Talk. For a week at least, Alice Rawle stayed religiously away from Wayne Hall and her idol, during which time Kathleen went serenely about her business, apparently undisturbed by the lull in the attentions of her one crush. Then a certain sharp-eyed sophomore noted the fact, and happening to run across the newspaper girl in the gymnasium one afternoon, remarked laughingly, "'I hear your little friend, Miss Rawle, has transferred her allegiance to Miss Elliot.' "'What utter nonsense!' declared Kathleen. Yet she frowned her displeasure at the intimation, and immediately held Patience responsible for Miss Rawle's deflection. She decided to look into the matter that very afternoon, and found time to stop and see Alice on her way home from her class. She rang the bell at Livingston Hall a little before five o'clock, only to find that Miss Rawle had not yet come in. The newspaper girl turned her steps toward Wayne Hall, feeling slightly disappointed and vexed. Arrived at the hall, she slipped upstairs, with the cat-like quiet and ease that always characterized her movements. At the door of her room she paused for a moment, listening to the sound of voices that came from within. Then, with a vehement exclamation, she flung wide the door and darted into the room. "'Whatever you have to say of me, you can say it in my presence,' she stormed. "'Do you hear? I said, in my presence!' she repeated, her voice rising. The two astonished occupants of the room regarded the angry girl in silent astonishment. Then the tension of the room relaxed, and Alice Rawle found her voice. "'You are right,' she said to Kathleen, with a scornful little gesture. "'We were talking to you. Evidently you heard what we said. I'm glad you did. Until this moment I liked you better than any other girl in Overton. If you had come sooner, you would have heard me say so. But now I think you are unjust, uncontemptible, and I shall never speak to you again.' Turning to Patience, who had stood impassive during this outburst, she said with sudden penitence, "'I'm sorry I lost my temper. I will come again to see you at some other time. Good-bye.' As the door closed on Alice, Kathleen confronted Patience with blazing eyes. "'It is all your fault,' she accused wildly. "'I hate you. You are one of the superior, narrow-minded sort of girls who will excuse nothing.' You imagine yourself to be perfect, but you can always discover fault in others. You don't like me. I know it. I have those dear friends of yours to thank for it, too. I know that Miss Harlowe has taken particular pains to strengthen your first impression of me, which wasn't favourable. It is very unfortunate that we are obliged to room together. I suppose it is useless to ask you to mind your own business and let me alone. Kathleen walked moodily to the window and stood looking out, her favourite attitude when greatly disturbed in spirit. Crossing swiftly to where the newspaper girl stood, Patience laid two firm hands on Kathleen's shoulders. She whirled at the touch, her eyes flashing. "'That's right,' commented Patience. "'I want you to look at me. The time has come for you and me to have an understanding. I've been putting off the evil day, and there have been times when I have even dreamed that we might dispense with it altogether.' But now we must face it. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think of you, and why I think it, and you are to perform the same kind office for me. Will you please begin? Kathleen's face set in sullen lines. You know what I think of you, she muttered. I just finished telling you. I told you last week, too. So you did, smiled Patience. But surely you must think other uncomplimentary things of me. 
Will you kindly take your hands off my shoulders and attend to your own affairs? Kathleen's voice choked with renewed anger. Patience's hands dropped to her sides. Very well. If you haven't anything further to say on the subject of my shortcomings, I'll proceed to yours, was her brisk declaration. I won't listen to you, cried Kathleen passionately. I won't stay here and allow you to insult me. She sprang toward the door, but Patience, divining her intention, turned the key in the lock, and calmly pocketed it. "'Don't be a goose,' she advised. "'You are too clever to be so childish. You are deliberately trying to shut yourself out of all the pleasant part of college by going about with a grievance on your shoulder. If you weren't so clever, I shouldn't take the trouble to say what I think. Why, you could be one of the foremost girls in the sophomore class, if you wished.' "'I haven't seen any particular indication of admiration on the part of my class,' sneered Kathleen. "'You haven't given your class cause to admire you, have you?' asked Patience, imperturbably. Sheer inability to reply to this unwelcome assertion held Kathleen silent. "'Please don't misunderstand me,' went on Patience. "'I know I have no right to criticise you, but as your roommate I feel a certain interest in your welfare.' "'Very kind of you, I am sure,' muttered Kathleen sarcastically. Unmindful of the sarcasm, Patience continued, "'I believe your chief trouble lies in the fact that newspaper standards are so different from those of a college. On a newspaper it is a case of get the story and no questions asked. It is an honour that counts. It is shrewdness, determination, dogged persistence, hardness of head, and deafness to personal appeal that wins the day.' A curious light leaped into the other girl's eyes. "'How do you happen to know so much about what counts on a newspaper?' she questioned sharply. "'Because my father edited one for years. "'All the newspaper folks know James Merton Elliot. "'You must have heard of him,' replied Patience with grim satisfaction. "'You don't mean it. "'I never dreamed you could be his daughter,' gasped Kathleen, "'regarding her tall roommate with positive awe. "'Then she said almost humbly, "'Say what you like to me. "'I'll listen to it no matter how much it hurts. But I don't wish to hurt you, remonstrated Patience, nor to preach. I do wish you to know, however, that I am quite familiar with the inside workings of a newspaper. I've haunted Father's office since I was a little girl. I was bitterly resentful of being packed off to a preparatory school when I yearned to be a reporter. Father didn't resign his editorship of a Boston paper until last year. He overworked and has been very ill since then. That is the reason I was not here when college opened. I waited until I was sure he was really convalescent. Had my affairs shaped themselves differently, you would not now be obliged to endure me as a roommate. Kathleen continued to survey Patience with wondering eyes. It was simply incredible that the brusque, matter-of-fact young woman whom she had held in secret contempt should be the daughter of a man whose name was known and honoured throughout the newspaper world. Sheer astonishment tied her tongue. I would have told you in the beginning, continued Patience, but I did not wish to travel on my father's passport. When I saw what an unfavourable impression I had made on you, I was tempted to tell you. It would at least have given me a certain prestige in your eyes. Then I decided never to tell you. But today it seemed the only way. None of the girls know it. Miss Sheldon and Miss Wilder know. They are personal friends of father's. If I'd only known when you first came to Wayne Hall, was Kathleen's regretful cry. "'But I didn't wish you to know,' returned Patience. "'I wished you to like me for myself, and you wouldn't. "'You thought me pedantic and narrow-minded "'and set me down as a typical New England woman "'of the grim, 
uncompromising type, who boasts of her Puritan ancestry and goes through life ungracious and forbidding. I don't believe I am pedantic or narrow-minded or small-souled, but I have plenty of other faults, as you'll learn before the year is over. I meant what I said about your standing in your own light. You'll have to learn the difference between college and newspaper standards, too. Kathleen's face reddened. She understood all that the sharp criticism implied. I know I haven't lived up to, she began. Patience shook her head vigorously. Don't tell me, she said. Just decide that hereafter you are going to cultivate Overton as your alma mater for all your worth. You'll find you can adapt Overton standards to your paper more successfully than you can adapt newspaper tactics here. At least it will do no harm to try out my suggestion and see how far it will carry you. I will try, responded Kathleen, with a suddenness that surprised even herself. Only... Her eyes grew resentful. You mustn't expect me to be an angel all in a twinkling or even like certain girls you and I know. I can't, and that settles it. I shall have no expectations in the matter, smiled Patience. Your likes and dislikes concern no one save yourself. Please forgive me for locking the door and speaking so candidly. Patience stepped to the door and unlocked it. Kathleen took an uncertain step forward, wavered, then advancing almost timidly held out her hands. "'Will you shake hands?' she asked. "'I am glad you did it, and I am going to be different, if I can,' she added moodily. "'Be fair to yourself, and give the clever, capable Kathleen West a chance,' was the New England girl's advice. "'This little talk of ours has served to clear the atmosphere of this room. Let us be friends and keep it clear.' I will try, Kathleen repeated, but Patience was obliged to confess to herself that she had very little faith in the newspaper girl's promise. She felt that the fact that James Merton Elliot was her father had made far more impression upon Kathleen than had her little lecture on standards. End of chapter 6 Recording by Ashley Jane